Oh, we've been recording this whole time? This is the Stella and Moonbeam Show. And today we're talking about food. So I want to introduce what we call a moment of mindfulness. Yes. And so I have Headspace, which is a really dope meditation app. Yeah. And it's paid, but you can access free meditations right. too. Right. Uh, so most of them are led, all of them are led, I guess. But another cool thing is they send you a little daily reminder. Like a prompt. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little tip. And last week they sent me one that said, imagine a world in which we witness thoughts without becoming them mm. and experience feelings without being overwhelmed by them. Mm-hmm. And that was just a direct hit to my heart because that's oh yeah that's me yeah I do become all my experiences so yeah uh I think it was just a a really nice note and it's a nice reminder to be present and to not get lost in all these things that we put ourselves through and also just the idea that you can experience it you can feel it and you don't have to judge it or become it or let it overtake Right. Mm-hmm. You can still have the feeling. You can be sad and be a great person. I am. You can Thank be you. hurt. I am sad and great. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Great. Okay, that was a good one. Okay. So today we're talking about food. Food. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a cringeworthy one on my end, at least. It's a whopper. So I hope you can... Just continue, even if you're looking at my face. Okay, I will. Yeah. I will, and yeah. I hope you know that this is a safe space and a judgment-free zone. It is, but some of these you dig in. It's like, oh, damn it. It's deep. It's really deep. I've been thinking a lot about it lately because I am trying to figure out my relationship to food, and right. I'm trying to make it a more positive one. Yeah, and I have like a pretty decently bad habit of doing some late night binging, which I blame on my weed intake. But truthfully, I think I was doing that before. Right. And now I can just be like, oh my, so it's yeah. okay to eat everything. Or I know what the reason is right yeah, now. Yeah, but it's still not okay. Where are you with it now? Have you talked to your therapist about this? Yes. Okay. So I talked to, I'm on now my third therapist through this app. Right. And uh, therapist number two asked me to start food journaling. Oh. And she said, uh, I don't want you to count your calories. I don't want you to focus on how much you're taking in. I want you to just write it down. Yeah. And she was like, you don't even necessarily have to look at it the same day. Just get it down on paper and we'll look at it together. Okay. And you can tell me whether or not you think it's it's healthy or not. Okay. So what I was finding is that I only binge when I'm alone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't binge when I'm out with it's friends. It's like a social activity. No. And yeah. I don't even have the desire to. No. It's when I'm sitting here with nothing to do. Right. And I'm already high. Right. And I want to eat all the things. Right. And so what I was finding is like my my diet is actually pretty healthy. Right. And I eat healthily throughout the entire day. And yeah. then 8.30 hits and I'm like, okay, baby. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. It's, it's two like popsicles. Yeah. It's a half a jar of pickles. Mm-hmm. It's all the chips. Mm-hmm. And I need all those flavors and textures at the same time. Right. So I just need all the things. I'll put a pickle onto a chip. Yeah. I'll just do a couple spoonfuls of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like it negates all the work I've done through the rest of the day being a good healthful person right i'm not sure that that's true right but that's how it feels yeah and then so guilt sets in yeah 
And so we've been trying to break this down a little bit, my therapist and I, my new one. Yeah. And I realized that everything I learned, including this late night food behavior, I learned from my mother. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So last week I went to go see my mom. Yeah. So I went to go visit her for her birthday and we had dinner. And yeah. she knows that I'm in therapy and yeah. she and I get to talk about that, which is awesome. Yeah. So I process. I process alone and I process a little bit with her because she's kind of the cause. Yeah, she's part of it. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit about, about food and diet. So background on her. She's obese, mm-hmm. and she recently suffered a heart attack. Yeah. And uh, she was hospitalized for two weeks. Dang. Right. And so through that hospital, and she's okay, um, but through that hospitalization, they recommended physical therapy and a new diet, of course. Right, right. And she has all these different medications she's now taking. Right. Um, but she wasn't. She hasn't been able to really turn around the diet aspect of what's been recommended to her by her right. cardiologist, uh, which is, is intensely frustrating for myself yeah and so this is the first time I, I was getting to see her post heart attack right and you know the shit got real pretty quickly mm-hmm. at dinner mm-hmm. and so I just kind of was pleading with her and I just said like you don't have the option to be passive in this mm-hmm. like you have to be aggressive mm-hmm. about being healthy yeah and treating your body well yeah and you know I had to make it plain for her that the heart attack was a direct result of her inactivity and what she's putting in her body right and so in that I essentially told her not in these exact words that she made me fat how did she take that she nodded her head in agreement oh she's aware wow of of the damage that's been done but it's not something that we've ever Vocalized. Yeah. We have never discussed this. Yeah. And I'm 35. Right. And so when I was thinking about this, and, and we knew obviously that we'd be talking about food today. Yeah. I was thinking about my earlier relationship with food and what I learned and took away from my mother. Mm-hmm. And all of the things that I learned from her are mm-hmm. negative. Mm-hmm. And so I thought back to all of her crash diets that she's been on that I witnessed her. Right. Beyond, and then in some way she introduced these diets to me as a child, right? Which is oh. just no painful. Yeah. So you know she's done the Weight Watchers, she's done mm-hmm. Nutrisystem, mm-hmm. she's done the grapefruit diet, right? In this conversation I had with her last week, she tells me because I said, "Have you ever been on like a really insane diet, like something that you think is out of control?" Right. She tells me in the seventies. Oh no. No, you're not ready. In the 1970s, my mom is 140 pounds. Okay. She's not overweight. No. She's 5'6". Yeah. She looks great. Yeah. She's been a dancer her whole life. And she tells me that at that weight, she felt heavy and that she had pregnant woman urine Uh, injected into her body. I don't... At the recommendation of a doctor. (gasps) What? An actual doctor. This is how wild the 70s were. Yeah. So I was like, first of all, who told you about that? Yeah. And secondly, how long did you do it for? She's like, it didn't last that long. She's laughing about it now. Right. But I'm like, mom, you have to know how crazy that's that sounds. so extreme. So extreme. And then to also just introduce those ideas to your daughter. Right. And so I basically said to her, you are not to blame. I don't blame you. Yeah. But you are responsible. Oh, yeah. And so it was a tough chat. Of course. And we basically just chipped away, like yeah, a very small percentage. Somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I'm overweight because my mom made me overweight. That's terrible. It's just an interesting thing to look at. 
Like, who would I have been without that influence? I'm not sure. Yeah. And so a lot of the work that I'm doing now is just to break down and unlearn all of those negative behaviors. Right. And so late night binging is definitely one of them. Yeah. Or just the idea of like hiding food. Yeah. But I want to talk to you a little bit about eating disorders. Well, yes. Directly off what you were saying. Yeah. I also have an issue with my mom. Yeah. And... I mean, I've obviously, I mean, when you're growing up, you're seeing it, even if it's not directly to you. Although my mom did try to put me on diet pills a few times when I was like 16, 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so she did do some things directly, but some of it, you just see her relation to right. it, you know? Right. So that's tough. The other thing that's interesting is my mom is, she's miniature. Like she's right. only 5'2", and she's always been very thin. She was like maybe 90 pounds when she got pregnant with me. Mm. So she like barely broke 100, you know, most of my life. And she's fit. Right. And yet I knew, like, she would eat, like, one chip at a time, which I'm like, that's not how you do it. But certainly not how I do it. But it was, like, a big, it wasn't like, oh, she just has great, you know, that's just all she wants. It was more of, like, you cannot get fat. There's always this underlying tone. Or she would specifically say it, Because fat equals bad. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that was, like, frustrating. Thing is, my mom definitely made me think I was fat. Yeah. But when I actually really did put on weight, it was completely separate. Mm. So it's interesting. Like I had this like terrible inner inner dialogue about body image and my relation to food and my mom always being like, you ate, are you sure you want to eat that? You can't wear white. You can't do these things. Like don't eat it. However, my, my more recently when I put on weight, it was because of a eating disorder and I was, had a food addiction problem. So I was binging Mm. and I didn't realize and now and having processed it and having a few years removed, I mean, I definitely like shot up in weight and that's where I am like close to what I am now. Um, and it was like from just sitting alone in my apartment and eating everything. Like I yeah. would get groceries and could not keep the groceries in my house, you know, like which was terrible because also like I didn't have all this money to be spending on food yeah but it was like I would make a dinner and then I would have another dinner and then I would eat the entire trail mix bag and all these things So like a proper binge a proper binge Mm -hmm. and also like in the dark and sad shameful so shameful Mm -hmm. and also like in this weird trance like I don't often feel out of my body and I just I just knew my my hand was moving towards my mouth and I was right. eating it and I just didn't know. Like I couldn't even taste it really. It was just mindless. No. Shoveling. Just shoveling and like feeling like I can't stop this mm. even when I'm aware of it. And so that's interesting. Like I do have these other issues and like this underlying thought about food yeah. from, you know, my childhood. But I also like really trace back to like, well, how did it physically affect me where I am now? Like that's on me. Right. You know, which is upsetting. And also like looking back for me, it's a, it was a control issue. Like obviously being out of control while I'm doing it. Yeah. But also I did that. I was so sad and it was the one thing I could control. Yeah. That's you know, pretty I was just like, I can do this. Yeah. And even though I know there's repercussions, I don't have any food for tomorrow. That was my weekly budget. <laughs> right. You know, just being like. Well, I opened it and I, I'm a grown up. Gotta finish. You know, that. I mean, I, I do suspect that some of it's tied back to like, well, I'm a fucking grown up and my mom would never let me eat a whole bag of anything. Yeah, and I'm in, in charge. And enjoy it uh-huh. and have like a social moment. Like, and I was like, I can do this. But I mean, it got like, it's like scary to think back. Like it was just so dark. I felt 
completely disconnected, like right. a, like a robot. Like I was doing these things. I knew there were peanuts involved, and I didn't like it, mm. and I wasn't enjoying it, and yet I couldn't not do it. How long did this last for you? Um, it was definitely a few months. I don't know exactly because I think it it came on and I wasn't aware and then I became aware and couldn't stop. Yeah. And then finally I re- I reached out and asked someone I knew who was going to a therapist just like, I'm having a problem. Can you tell me yeah. who How? a therapist is? Yeah. And so I did. And luckily the one she had recommended to me specialized in eating disorders. Oh yeah. That's and great. that's what I went in. So that was the first time like I went to therapy on my own as an adult. Yeah. And they also had me do a food journal. And that was the first thing. And the really amazing thing is, one, no judgment. Like, I mean, I know they're trained. They're not supposed to judge. But sometimes you feel like you get a side eye. Absolutely. You know? But this therapist I worked with was just like, let's just start. Like, I don't even care if you keep binging. Just write it down that you did. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that she did on my journaling, so it's just like, write down what you eat. um, Or more like, and then also like, did you binge? Did you not? What time? And it was just like very matter of fact. But then she's also like, note how you feel. Which was very interesting to me because it's like, then you start to be like, whoops, I binged. I feel sad and now I feel guilty. Now I know I'm going to have to tell you. So now I'm having a whole other reaction. Yeah. Or like, I did not binge and I still feel shitty because (laughs) I feel like I'm not winning. No. You know, and it was interesting, like over weeks, like, you know, we tracked it for a few weeks and then she was like, you don't have to do it anymore. I was like, but I'm not. graduated? Right. But I'm like, great. (laughs) Also, do you think I'm cured? Because I don't. I don't, I don't know, but she was more of like, we've, we've figured out your behavior. We can work on the issues. That's the important part. Right. And she's mm-hmm. like, you, by all means, if you want to keep journaling, do it. She's like, it was more of like, we have to like figure out your behavior and just get that under it's control. It's an exercise. And then we can dive. And if you want, if it's a tool, use your tool. Yeah. I, I stopped doing it after a few weeks. Right. I, I pretty much got the message of what I was doing that yeah. was negative. Yeah. Um, but it's so interesting to hear that you have an experience with an eating disorder because I've known you now for like a decade yeah. and I never knew that about you. Yeah. And I had an eating disorder. Right. Which I feel like most people wouldn't believe about me either. Right. Because I'm, it just isn't, it's not on brand. No. But I had all these negative ideas that I learned from my mom. Yeah. About my body. Yeah. And my size. Right. And I really wanted to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And do you remember Fen Fen? Ugh. The infamous? Yes. So Fenfen, for those of you who don't know, is uh, a weight loss drug that's essentially speed. Right. And it was... Just marketed better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was banned by the FDA. They took out the like really dangerous part of it. Yeah. And reformatted it, I guess, and then re-released it. But the speed was the thing that actually... Yeah, that was doing it. ...stopped your appetite. Right. So I think I must have been 19 or 20 and I started taking those pills, and I, I literally had no appetite whatsoever. Oh, wow. I didn't need to eat. I could go a whole day. Yeah. At just fine. Yeah. So I pretty quickly started dropping weight. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I started to create all of these really negative rules around food, mm. about what I was allowed to take in on any given day. And the rules kept changing. Right. And they, and they kept becoming more and more strict. Right. So it was like, today you can have a granola bar or protein bar. Right. And but you have to split it up. Half for lunch, half for dinner. Oh God. Yeah. And they would get more and more and more extreme. Right. And so that was anorexia and restricting. Mm-hmm. And then on the tail end of it, which this probably for me was about a six month period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the tail end of it I started to uh, to purge as well. Right. Right. So the rule became if you ate after nine PM you throw up. And right. then it became eight 
and then it became 7.30. And it started just getting so dark, and I started getting so used to that feeling of hunger. Yeah. And felt this power. Right. And then on the flip side of that, I was getting all of these positive comments about all my weight that I was losing, how great I looked. Yeah. And so I was thinking, obviously, skinny equals good. Right. Small is better. Of course. The people love it. Yeah. So all that did was help fuel that disorder. And you were in action, even though it was like definitely unhealthy. You could be like, look, I'm doing, I made up my mind. Check it out. And I'm doing it. Yeah. New me, new you, new me. Yeah. It was really dangerous. For sure. And, you know, regrettably, I made a ton of really poor choices uh, during that period. But thankfully, it's helped me to kind of empower myself with like better language surrounding eating. Yeah. And also to, to not give someone a positive or negative compliment or comment about their appearance and how that appearance has changed. Right. Because that doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if you're 10 pounds smaller or bigger. I think it matters. I know what you're saying. I think it matters in terms of like, if you were to balloon up or shrivel down right now, I would be like, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. I think it's a symptom of something else. So I think with those that you're close to and care about, yeah, yeah, by all means, like use that in the context of a bigger conversation of like, this seems to be one thing and it's reflecting something else. Absolutely. But not like you get praise or shame based on how much you changed physically. Or lost. Yeah. Yeah. And no one did, no one did check in with me on that. Right. So, which was scary to think about. Oh, totally. But I eventually had to confess. Uh, So I confessed to someone and then she essentially just said, okay, well, you're going to eat something while you're on the phone with me right now. Oh. And it was after my my time yeah. cut off. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, you're going to eat it and you're going to sit with it and yeah. you're not going to bend or you're not going to purge right. and you're going to know that it's staying in your body. Right. And I want to hear how that feels for you. Yeah. And thinking back, I'm so grateful to her because I don't even know how the fuck how would you she s- knew about that. Yeah, that's a, that's great advice. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, she was a woman at my church that I was mm. attending at the time and mm-hmm. I'm really grateful to her because who knows how long that would have lasted because the FDA didn't change that pill until Mm-mm. a or what, while after. Or what would have happened? Like, can you imagine you just would be like malnourished and fainted or you don't know. Right. You know. Well, so what's super interesting about that period in my life is that's when I had my very first uh, panic attack. Oh. And I will never forget. I was in a movie theater and I was watching a movie with my mom and I could not focus on the movie. Yeah. I, I just was in a panic state. Yeah. And for anyone who has experienced a panic attack or even general anxiety disorder, you know it's so hard to connect to whatever's happening outside of you. And it was the first time I'd ever had that experience. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. And I remember going home and crying to my mom and just saying, like, I, I don't feel well. I don't know what's happening. I feel scared and paranoid and nervous. And she was yeah. like, that's anxiety. Yeah. And I was like, well, how do I get rid of that? And right. she was like, stop taking those fucking pills. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So shout out to Judy for not only diagnosing me, but like recognizing what was happening and telling me that I wasn't alone, which is something I really remember like strongly hearing. Oh, yeah. Because I did feel alone in that moment. I was a teenager. I had no idea what was happening to my body. Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah. And hungry. Right. So anyhow, now I would like to think that I have a much more healthy relationship with food and I'm able to identify when things are sort of veering into a negative pattern. Totally. 
I will say, side note, about the eating disorders. Yes. The first time I experienced an eating disorder, I was eight years old, which is bananas. And I specifically remember me and classmates of mine would go to the bathroom, like in our elementary school, would go to the trailer that had the bathroom and and, uh, throw up. We had bulimia. But can you imagine, like... Then, I mean, I don't know how much of it I was aware of about my own body and myself or if it was like a social. I know it's like a mixture and I can't can't remember enough to be like, this is how I felt. I just remember we're doing this. It felt a little weird and also felt like this is also what we're doing. Right. But I'm like. Someone taught you that though. Yeah. Or taught one of us and then we taught the rest, you know, but that was upsetting. Like, I hope there's not eight year olds doing that. Like also. I mean, I was a thick, big bone child. I was never fat, though. Right. And it's just like, where? And also, I was bigger than my classmates, so I can only imagine these teeny tiny, poor little souls being like, I have to go throw up at school. Right. Like, what? No, that's really sad to think about. Yeah. And the fact that you and I have known each other for so long and didn't know that about each other just tells me that there are so many people that are affected by this. It's, you you have to like be constantly vigilant about it. It's not. Yeah. That's the thing about coming out of a food addiction. Yeah. Which first of all, I will say like they have Overeaters Anonymous and I feel like there's shade around like, you can't, I mean, it's food, you know, like, are you really, is it really an addiction? Do you you think that? Oh, I felt it. Okay. Um, I mean, I did have one person who offered to go with me, but overwhelming I didn't talk about it because that's the thing that's weird about food is you can't quit cold turkey right like what are you gonna do so you've been binging you've been overeating whatever yeah you can't stop eating you know and if you become restrictive again like you're just swinging in different directions of this like unhealthy cycle and so I became more aware I understood the behavior and then I understood where it was coming from for me and then I had to like rebuild like okay well you're going to need food to live, so, like, let's figure it out. But then it just becomes this, like, total mindfuck where it's, like, am I – am I – is it too late? Am I eating it because I'm sad again? Like, right. what's happening? Like, am I allowed – like, I never will eat that same trail mix again because I have <laughs> yeah. those memories. It's a real trigger for you. It's a real trigger. But it's it's just a wild thing where I, I want to be conscious and then I also don't want to be overly conscious and – you know, feeling extra badly and overcompensating when it's like, just free your mind space. Because there are times like, I've definitely been high recently and I've definitely just like overeaten a little bit, but out of joy. Like being like... It's the feeling behind it. Exactly. Like Mm -hmm. I was definitely high and I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat potato chips and they're going to fall on me. Sure. And you were in a horizontal position. No, I was sitting, but I just knew they weren't (laughs) all making it past my breasts, right? So... Sure. And I was like, but that sounds great. Like, I'm in a, oh, and a diet ginger ale sounds fantastic right mm. now. And I, like, went in, and I I was like, this is lovely. Yes. And I was like, I don't have the same control because I'm high, and I'm like, I can't quite stop. But I didn't feel upset. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel guilty. I was like, this is not great behavior. And also, it's for right now, you know? And yeah. it's just a different feeling as opposed to feeling... Also, similarly, I'm out of control, but, like, cannot stop, and I'm, like quietly panicking and just can't pull out of it yeah you know so it's like they're very different even though it's like very similar at the same time I have had both experiences right where I'm binging a little bit but I'm like oh everything tastes so great right and I'm just so pleased yeah with my night and I feel like that's fine yeah 
And I, I know that the rest of the things that I'm doing in my life are offsetting whatever, like, yeah, late moments. night. Yeah. yeah. And I try not to be too strict about it because I, it is very dangerous to get into a routine of, like, creating all these guidelines exactly. for yourself. It is. But when I say you have to be vigilant about it, I mean what's behind the behavior. Yeah. And just remembering, like, what your roots are. Watch your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And and make sh- check in with yourself. Right. Kind of constantly. Yeah. And make sure that you're going into this experience positively and feeling good about it. Yeah. That's a big part of it. And if it doesn't make you feel good, then do you, do your best to stop it. Right. Well, I always remember when I was like, when I was losing weight, actually, it was just after the food addiction. And I was, you know, like trying to get back to like healthy. It was like working out and mm-hmm. just, you know, trying to rebuild that relationship. I would give myself like a day off. And I would definitely down a pint of Ben and Jerry's that they special ordered at the bodega for me. He was so sweet. And I would just go right through it and just be like, Friday night party. Like in my underwear, (laughs) feeling like all life. That's a great night. And knowing I was going to hang out with my dude, he had gotten, he's like, we're up, let's go. I stocked it up for you. And just feeling like so much happiness. And I definitely lost weight every week at a moderate, like a great healthy pace. And I built muscle. And so I always think like, there's something about that positive energy. Absolutely. And also, I mean, balancing with the rest of my life. This sure. was not an everyday. It's not a daily pint. No. This wasn't like my diet food. I don't recommend a daily pint. No, I don't. But like also just knowing like it came from such beauty. And of course, it was aligned with everything else in my life. Yeah. And so if that's allowed, for sure I can like once a month, if that's appropriate, <laughs> do it. And also knowing like just stop. And I'm like, cool. Oh, that's right. I can totally stop. I don't want this anymore. You can stop. Yeah. Which is... Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to know if you have any real rules that you abide by now. Like, I guess the cardinal rule for me is to make sure I'm not too restrictive and to like feel into it. So I've done like the whole 30, which oh, yeah. I treat as like a cleanse. It's like a 30 day restart. Right. And so that I'm okay with, but I'm also like, I'm not continuing this because for me and just for my tendencies, if I get too strict, it goes into a really dark place. Yes. You know, and then, and being like, I can never eat any corn or legumes, <laughs> like, Sure, like you don't have to. Maybe it does not sit right with your body, but to restrict it is just, yeah, that's not great either. Right. You know, so I'm just very aware where I'm like, if I'm going to eat beans, I'm going to happily eat beans. And the rest of the time I don't because and it doesn't. Chew it all night. Right. It doesn't sit well with me. So sure. Makes me gassy. Yeah. So I'm very aware of it, but I'm okay. also very careful. Anything that I try to introduce, whether it's like, oh, we found new research on like coconut oil yet again or whatever it right. is. Right. It's just like, okay, does that apply to me? And does it feel right for me? Yes. Because I can't go too easy. It'll, you know, that's just a wild man's land. And I can't go too hard, you know, on either extreme. I have to stay in the middle and just be like, feels good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. That resonates with me too. I don't own a scale for that reason. Yeah. Because I'm not going to get trapped in this space where I'm constantly judging myself based on how much I weigh. A number. Yeah. Or, or even how much I, food I take in. I'm not measuring how, how many ounces of chicken I'm going to cook that night. Yeah. It's just like. I don't have the time for that, and yeah. I don't think that's healthy for me. Actually, our rule at home is, like, if it's healthy, nourishing food, and you want to go balls to the wall, and you seem to be really hungry, 
then eat it. I think your body's telling you to yeah, eat absolutely. it. Absolutely. And so that's always my thing. Like, if you're hungry, eat it now. And if and you know, I'm mostly making like proteins and vegetables. Yeah. And so. Sure, I'd rather you go big there than like in two hours go hard on a pie because you didn't get the nutrients you're you hungry. needed. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're still hungry. No, yeah. go go ham on the broccoli. Right. No, I'm... I will never measure, like eat the entire bunch of kale. Oh, Fine. forever. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. I can eat a trough of vegetables. Yeah. Comfortably and Which happily. Is fine. <laughs> yeah. Great. But I just think it's important to, to I think the main rule for me, yeah. it, and what's important is to eat what makes me feel good. Right. I have a lot of dietary restrictions. Right. So I eat foods that my body is good at processing. Yeah. And that make me feel good. So I mean, takeaway is to just remove the judgment from yourself. Totally. You are good. Yeah. And you might do something that makes you feel not good, but it was just a choice. Yeah. And you can change that. Yeah. At any time. Yeah. Even for me, when I wake up and see the carnage of like <laughs> last night's, yes. yeah, I'm like, wow, you really need to have jerky and three popsicles. Okay, maybe you did. Yeah. Sometimes I have a little moment where I'm like, Moonbeam, yeah. check yourself. Yeah. But I am. Yeah. I am still good. Yeah. Yeah. My takeaway is the same: is to remove judgment from ourselves, and like we've said before, secrets keep us sick. Absolutely. You know, but it also, like, in talking about it now, like, I'm glad we're doing this and I'm glad we're talking and I hope people can consider it for themselves, perhaps have conversations in their lives. But it just reminds me, like, we are pretty open with each other and this has never come up. Right. It just makes me feel like, yeah, we have to, like, share these things to open that connection. You never know. Just to be mindful. I mean, to be mindful of yourself, but to be mindful of other people absolutely you know? and be mindful of the language that we use to describe other right. people and uh when we're speaking to them about whatever they may be dealing with because uh, you know a lot of times we don't have any idea some people don't feel comfortable Mm-mm. talking Mm-mm. i do want to say that if anyone listening wants to share or just have a resource or a place to talk about whatever you may be struggling with, you can email us. You can email us. We have an email. Yes. And we check it. Yes. No one's emailed us yet. Nope. But you can hit us up at Stella and Moonbeam at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can tweet us. Yep. Or you can hit us on IG. So on IG and Twitter, it's Stella and Beam. Stella and Beam. Yeah. Because Moonbeam was too long. Too long. For those platforms. But you can always hit us up. We're not experts, which I hope is clear by now. No. But we are open. And you're not alone. And I think that's the hardest part is knowing like someone gets it. Someone can receive you with non-judgment. We'll listen. And we don't have the answers necessarily. We might have like something that we can share that's helpful. Right. You know, but no one has to struggle alone. You don't have to struggle alone. And I want to make sure everyone knows that they can be heard. Right. Um, And we can definitely help point you in the direction of even better resources. Yes. Yes. If you or someone you know is dealing with an eating disorder, please visit nationaleatingdisorders.org. You can find information to contact their helpline or find other resources and information. The link is also in our show notes. Thank you for listening. This is the Stella on Moonbeam show. Our music is by David Bowick. Also, again, email us. We are Stella and Moonbeam at gmail.com. You can reach out just to be in touch or you can offer us your feedback or if you have a few 
future show topic, go ahead and shoot that over. And to keep us going, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. We really appreciate it and tell your favorite friends. The end. Holla! Word up.